there are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. It's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the baby. Experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was that was the, the case. Thought that was that was the, the case. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracies. My name is Luke. I'm Cam. And Robbo, we don't have a salty with us, but we're back. No salty again. But yeah, we are back. It's been a while. It has been a while. Uh, I th- I'm not sure how much of this we discussed on the main show versus on the Patreon show. You moved countries to open a brewery. Your town yeah, then I- proceeded to be underwater. No, not fully underwater. It did flood twice. Just, but- just all of the roads. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we were cut off from town for a short period there. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, also moving country to start a brewery uh, in a very small town is a very stressful th- 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 situation. So I've um, been working seven days a week at the moment. Yeah. So I'm a little, little bit tired. Don't really have the time to, to dedicate to my pals, the audience, and my pals, Cam and Salty. Uh, but, but now I, I feel like I'm, have st- still had more time with the salty. What do you mean? Who's not? Who isn't even here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, more time than salty. Yes, uh, but no. I, I, I feel like also it's good for me to free up some headspace. That's not thinking about the brewery and thinking about fake martial artists, which is what we're talking about topics. today. Yeah. Robo, when you when you t- said let's talk about fake martial artists. I, I, I don't know. I sort of had this idea in my head of like uh, an Andrew Tate sort of figure. Yeah. Uh, and then Andrew Tate was in the news. Yes. Uh, for, for kidnapping someone <laughs> or something. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why you're, you're laughing at that. It was pretty horrific, I think, for sex trafficking. Yeah. Andrew Tate is, we've talked about before, he's like a, a is he like a hard Cockney type? Is he Cockney? He, no, he's he's like he's, a hard, he's, he's like a hard man. Yeah, he's a British yeah, hard yeah. man. Uh, um, and he he was an MMA fighter, mm. and I think legitimately good. I think if you look up toxic masculinity in the dictionary, uh, there would be like, firstly, it would be two separate words. You'd have to look into under in the T section and the M section. They don't. That's not how no, a dictionary no. works. And these days, some they just look in phrases and stuff. You know, you see the word of the year, and they're like. Oh, the word of the year is goaded with the sauce. And you're like, that's not a word. It's a mini word. 
if you had a, a modern dictionary that had toxic masculinity as a word in it, yeah, like I'm, I suppose a dictionary so modern might just have a photograph as the definition, but I, f- I still feel like it would be like adverb <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when, when you when you do too much masculinity for your own good. They'd still have a definition, but like a super modern dictionary, like a dictionary for idiots. Uh, would have a picture of Andrew Tate under the definition of toxic masculinity. So I've tweeted uh, through the Hypothopod account some Andrew Tate short videos. Over I used to watch years. a reason, not a reasonable amount, but I'd watch a bit of his uh, YouTube channel. And the kind of things he would say is uh, one of them was him talking about water and how he hates was it, seeing. If you drank water, were you a little bitch? No, no, was it, not if that. You didn't drink Almost. water, you were a little bitch. No, it's way more complicated, but not as complicated okay. at all. Um, somehow, he he said he hates seeing people with bottles of water because, like, why are you carrying it around for and having little sips like a little bitch? All then right, you need to be having big jobs. You should get your water, uh, achieve your goals, and accomplish your missions by drinking it all in one go, and then in case that leaves your hands free when you're going about your day, in case you need to punch someone in the face. Or slap a girl's ass. Yeah. Now, he also uh, had a thing about salt and pepper, didn't he? Yeah. that's uh, a com- I think about he, this one quite a bit. Think he felt he could push it? What? He wanted to push, push it? it? Was that the salt and pepper thing? No, I think so. Yeah. but That's just a little salt and pepper joke. Oh, uh, okay. I think he's doing this. Sorry. I think, I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm trying to unpack the, the logic of Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate. Uh, and I'm trying to do salt and pepper jokes. Yeah, yeah, and it just I, I wasn't, wasn't in that headspace. I think his thing was that salt was manly and pepper wasn't, or it may have been the other way around. No, he wasn't having pepper, but he he was at a level of salt. I can't remember the example he gave, but he was at a high level of salt, and he gave an mm. example of how high his salt level was. And he said, then he wondered why he wasn't having pepper, and can he say he's as tough as he is without having any pepper? Or something, and now he has a lot of pepper, and that was a. I don't. I, it wasn't even a metaphor or anything either. It's just him deciding to eat more pepper. Am I afraid of a bit of pepper on my food? No, I love spicy food. I eat hot sauce, Tabasco, like water. I just never used to really use the pepper. It was always just about the salt. Didn't care about the pepper. So I'm not afraid of pepper. I'm not afraid of spice. So why did I not have the pepper? And then I used to think maybe he's right. How am I going to fuck all this pussy without pepper? I'm out here, lone soldier one of the last alphas that remains in the world with harems of females begging for my attention. And I've got a fucking lay down dick daily. Literally, each day I wake up, I've got, I got a list on my phone, I've got a work list and a pimp list. I'm like, who, who am I fucking today? What work am I doing today? Do this, fuck her, do this, do this, do this, do this, fuck her, do this, do this, stay hers. Like, it's, it's, it's straight organized. How am I gonna fuck all those girls without pepper? So if you're sitting there watching this going, how do I get like Tate? How do I fuck with my girls like Tay? How do I get money like Tay? I want a Lambo, a Bentley, an Aston, and a Ferrari, and 10 girlfriends. Why is he, why, how does he get to spend 20 grand a week in the club? I want to be like him. Let me ask you a question. Do you eat salt and pepper, or do you only eat salt? Think about it. Mm. And like, look, I'm not going to lie. There's times in my life that I've gotten quite into pepper and been like, fucking pepper on everything. Let's pepper this baby up. And then, you know, you kind of forget about it. And then you start doing using again. And that's just purely because I like the flavor of pepper. Mm. His, he was trying to equate it with wanting to 
sleep with more women or something by having having Jeffa. having this conversation luke reminds yeah. me of watching these videos and as it went on the word pepper stops having any meaning through repetition <laughs> and i'm experiencing that now as well so just uh, if you search twitter for hi- at hypothepod tate uh, there's a thread of all these kinds of videos and i don't think we've done them justice no um but, but he, at, at any rate, yeah. that's not what that's not what we're talking about, though. No, so he's oh, a real martial artist, but a fake guy. But yeah, but a pretty fake guy, and he he does a whole lot of. Um, I think he does like classes and stuff, and but he made his money off webcams, like porn cams, and I think he's sex trafficking women for these yeah. cams. I mean, so he's clearly an awful, one of the most awful people you could meet. And then, actually, you know, even without the sex trafficking, and then that's just the, the awful icing on an awful cake. It's sort of weird because he has this confected persona that makes him seem like an asshole. But it's, you're like, oh, that's all fake. But then he was, yeah. it was all real. <laughs> he was an asshole. Yeah, yeah. He's one of these astounding people. You watch his stuff and you're like, oh, this is clearly a character or a bit. Like, it, it's almost a, um, I think you should leave character or something. Mm. But it's not. It's who he is as a person. There's one where he says, like, he doesn't have any friends. Yeah. And, and that's, that's very believable. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's well, like, oh, no. And he's like, oh, I choose to anyway, so it doesn't matter. Well, oh, a friend is you, just going to be a weakness in a combat situation. Like, you're going to be worried about them. If you don't have any yeah, worry, much, then you can concentrate. pretty much his reasoning. It's, I think his reasoning is somehow worse than that, but it's around that. Anyway, we're not talking about Andrew Tate. No, but uh, when you said fake, when you said fake martial arts guys, that's where my mind went. And so when mm. I actually got into these fake martial arts guys, it blew my mind. I think it's something I've always been aware of. You know, like there is that. Um, you know, the Simpsons kind of touch on the the touch of death that Bart says he learns. Mm. Um, kids in school that said they were ninjas secretly, or they were doing ninja training. Yep. Uh, did you have one of those? Uh, I don't think I did, but yeah, maybe I've blocked it out. Maybe I was, you know, wiped maybe across was, the dojo so badly that I've I've blocked it out. Yeah, um, there and then, like you know, action movies, martial arts movies, you know, they're all kind of in this world. What got me thinking about it recently was I was watching some video of uh, Vladimir Putin, who was doing judo. And he's clearly like just not not good at doing judo. He might have been once upon a time, but now that now is not that time. Was, and he's like flip, as a flipping. as a result, was he losing a lot of fights? <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised to say he wasn't. <laughs> to yeah. know that he wasn't. Uh, I think it was like the Russian Olympic team, and he was just kind of like doing hip tosses. I can't remember the judo name. Anyway, he was doing hip tosses, and they were like whoa, like flying all over the place. And he's just kind of like ambling around, like an old man because he's an old man. Yeah, and. Uh, you know that kind of that kind of propaganda. There's been one of the sort of theories of why he's doing so badly in the Ukraine war is he believed all this bullshit about them being incredibly tough and Ukrainians wanting to join back with Russia. And just you know, when you're when you're thinking that you're even thinking that people might think you're good at judo based on this video, then it's not a stretch to believe the invasion yeah. part. If if we were to Countenance the idea that Vladimir Putin doesn't realise that people are faking it when they lose to him at judo. Mm. It, it could be the case that he has 
he's surrounded by so many yes men that nobody has told him uh, you shouldn't invade Ukraine. And uh, I think that that is also borne out a little bit, like from intelligence that's come out. I think there was like a an FSB guy that came out and said, uh, "Yeah, we don't we don't tell it. <laughs> nobody was telling him you'll lose the war if you go to war." Yeah, mm. it's not to go too psyops with our fake kung fu show, but that's one of those tricky things. Though, when some guy on Twitter is doing a thread where he's like, "I've talked to an FSB guy," it's like, how truthful is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, as we know, increasingly, people, even in the highest and most secret of things, just talk shit all the time, and you know, aren't great at things. No, uh, people Sorry. are still people. I guess is what I'm saying. Anyway, fake martial arts. I guess uh, where does this start for you, Cam? What, what's the starting point? Do you think? Well, the, the first sort of things that I looked at were like these Tai Chi guys, mm. who. <laughs> Are using the power of chi, like the the energy of chi, to the 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 main ones I was watching to begin with were like the no touch knockouts, mm. and like the there'd be like these tai chi masters, and they'd have all of their students in the dojo, and all of the students run at them one by one, and they just wave in the air, and the students go mm. flying, and it's very effective, and that seems to be like a little subgenre of video these mm. guys doing doing this stuff then there's like a sort of um spin-off genre <laughs> which is what happens if you put that guy in the ring with a dude who is not your student <laughs> yeah and it's not this a tai chi is, guy but a, in fact an mma guy yeah and it's so I, I watched a whole bunch of videos of uh, a guy called Ah, what's his Zhu name? Zhidong? Yeah. Zhu Zhidong, who has his own YouTube channel. Yeah. Which you can uh, check out. Uh, it's called Zhu Zhidong's Hot Takes. Or as Google Translate, got it as Zhu Zhidong's Spicy Commentary. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he was but, like uh, ex-MMA guy and then like a radio host and stuff like that. Like a, a social yeah. media guy. Also known as Mad Dog. Mm. But, yeah, for some reason, he, uh, I guess he got sick of taking nice trains and things because he took it upon himself to, like, challenge a bunch of Tai Chi guys to fights, like these guys that were going around saying that they had mystical powers. And so he started challenging them. And I think he, I don't know if anyone was really taking up the challenge. So he was, like, showing up at their dojos and taking them on and things. But, uh, yeah, there's, like, a very famous video of him fighting against a Tai Chi guy, and he just lays him out with one punch. Yeah. Uh, it's quite it's, upsetting to see. But it's also, it's like, the Tai Chi guy is, like, an old man. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. In his, he's, like, in his 30s, and this guy's, like, in his 60s. So, even, like, if we were to take Tai Chi, the martial art itself, and we were to divorce it from uh, any mystical energies... It still wouldn't have been a very fair fight. Yeah. But I'm I'm also I I feel like I'm when I'm watching this stuff, I feel like it, maybe I'm missing some sort of cultural thing where like do when the this fight is happening in the ring and he's knocking him out in five seconds, was it the same situation as that, you know, this this is a guy who's knocking people over with the power of his mind in in the 
studio, but is he actually going into the ring to fight properly? And but that's not how it's being presented on YouTube. I didn't, I didn't know. If going, I, no, because you see them. You've seen a lot of them. They they try and do their their, their like moves. Yeah, yeah. And they, while they're trying to do it, this guy just fucking smashes them in the face. A Wallops few times. them. Yeah, yeah. And then then it's all over with. So he, he he did that a whole a bunch of times in like sort of high profile videos. Yeah. Uh and then he tanked his social credit score as a result. <laughs> yeah. Cuz I think it was a bit of a this guy seems to be a little bit of a, you know, I, I do, one day we, we we might go on holidays to China. Look. Mm-hmm. Uh but this guy seems to be a bit of a firebrand. Uh mm. he's like he's done a bunch of um like pro Hong Kong stuff, which mm. I support. Uh, you don't. You don't. I'll let you. You can have the holiday. I, I just won't go to China anymore. Okay. Uh, he's a bit of. Uh, that's fine. That's your moral decision to to do that. Um, what, what's happening here? He's, he's, he seems to be a bit of a firebrand. Like he supported. Like uh, there was a, a writer in Wuhan who wrote a diary about like the early lockdowns that was mm. quite big, but I don't think was especially appreciated by the Chinese government. So he's been I a big supporter was, of that. I think I looked into her one time, and it wasn't as cut and dry as kind of we've made it. We've been presented it as you know she was telling yeah. the truth and whatever. We don't. Want to, we, it's not what we're here for. But yeah. Anyway, he's certainly so I, um, anti anti government or, or kind of pro questioning the government in China. Yeah, he certainly he wasn't making friends uh, with the government, and I think that then. He, this stuff is also a little bit of a culture war where all of these people were like, you know, I think he was on a crusade to expose fakery and there were all these people who were like, you're, well, it seems like you're on a crusade to uh, have a go at traditional Chinese culture. Mm. And so he was copying heaps of shit from people who were into that. Mm. And he also ended yeah, he beca- up- He became uh, really hated for it. Yeah, like he got doxxed and people were threatening him. Uh, but he also his social credit score got tanked so that he couldn't like catch f- flights, couldn't go in first class on trains. He was made to in one of his fights. He had I couldn't tell if this was a sort of disguise they had to do so that they could get it on TV, or if this was something that he had to do as a sort of concession, a, humi- a humiliating concession mm. before they would screen on TV. But he had to like paint his face as a clown before he went into one of these fights. Yeah, I think Which it was he did, and then he just ba- then he just bashed the guy up. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a, he was forced to do it as a condition of the fight, basically. Mm. I think now, like I get it, like you want to grind this guy down a bit, but also I think you need to think ahead a little bit. If we're going to make this guy dress up as a clown, isn't that going to look worse that he then beat up our guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one wanted like when you're watching WWE. You ne- Doink the Clown came out. If he beat up Hulk Hogan, you'd be like, ah, oh, what the f- What's the storyline? Doink so the Clown I, sucks. I, I watched one video. Uh, it's like one of his uh, famous fights uh, was uh, Ding Hao Wing. Uh, sorry, it was Ding Hao, who's a Wing Chun master. Uh, and I think this was a really highly hyped up one. And I don't know, I was slowing. It, it ended up being a draw. Uh, between him mm. and this guy, even though, like, throughout the video, he's just, like, throwing him on the ground, throwing him to poles and things. Mm. Uh, but, like, 
I slowed down a few punches and kicks and things. Mm. I slowed down a few punches and kicks and things, and it didn't seem like all of them were connecting when the guy was, like, getting knocked around. Are you saying there's a secondary thing happening here? And yeah, this well, is I mean, fake. well, I felt like it was... Because no, why would you... Why would you do, like, professional wrestling fakery that's fucking up your life? Yeah. And also, that same fight, there is the moment, because he knocks this guy down, like, six times or something, and there is a moment where the ref, like, he knocks the guy down, and the ref, like, dives in between the two to, to like, stop him hitting the guy. Like, ah. Yeah. It's like, uh, bloody, what is it? A poo diving in front of the bullet. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean... I don't know, maybe in some of these fights, like, you know, you'll you'll miss, but the person's still going to, like, lose their balance or whatever. But, yeah, yeah there, was just, there was just a couple of slightly it's- dodgy-looking hits, and I, I wondered if maybe this was a, a setup to try and claw back some of that social credit score, if we can have this fight. Yeah, okay. It'll come out as a draw and, you know, everyone's friends again. Yeah, but also he clearly beat the crap out of him in other moments during the fight. Yeah. Yeah, he certainly an interesting one. The there was, <laughs> there was another no touch knockout guy I saw who just sat in a chair, and people would walk up to him to fight him, and he would just like stroke their chest and they'd fall down. But it's like <laughs> this guy can't even be bothered well, that, to get up. That's kind of the interesting thing: the cultural difference. So in China, they fight; they go and fight them. It was worth, and I think this guy was American you're talking about, or was he not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think he was. Yeah. In America, they just send, like, a local news crew to test it out. Because <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a few videos of local news crews or, like, National Geographic going to, to test out this, this fake martial artist, um, and then, obviously, it doesn't work. Well, I saw one with a, with a news crew, like the Fox 5 or whatever, and he does the, you know, the... Because I think I think the idea is uh, maybe it's like a pressure point that you touch and they'll, oh, they'll yeah. go down. Uh, but he does it like on one reporter and nothing happens. But then I saw like some other video, and these are all great too because they're like from the late eighties, early nineties, so it's all that aesthetic. Yeah. But he like does it on this female reporter, and she's like, "You just hit me in the head." <laughs> yeah, he's like, like it's supposed to be this it's supposed to be this no touch thing, and like her head snaps back, like. And the, I think the idea is that he's supposed to have done it with the power of his mind, but she's like, you hit me in the head. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I think he said, like, you know, you could feel that. And he's like, yeah, because you, you, <laughs> you hit yeah, me. You hit me. <laughs> uh, that was good. So there's a video that, that you can kind of, if you want to watch a kind of breakdown of a lot of these as well, uh, from Super Eyepatch Wolf, The World of Fake Martial Arts is the name of the video. Um, I think that footage is on it, maybe. Pretty sure that one was. But he kind of traced it back, all this back to another American guy called Count Dante. Um, so he talks about, so Count Dante is like, so he's the guy, or that's probably the reference in The Simpsons where Bart learns the touch of death. Is that like first season Simpsons? Yeah, that's early stuff. Yeah. Um, he doesn't actually learn the touch of death. Spoiler alert. I think he's playing a video game. Um, but Count Dante was this, this guy that, uh, he claimed he he was, had a, like a, a regular or an American name, sorry, but he legally changed his name to Count Juan Rafael Dante, explaining uh, the name 
changed by stating that his parents fled to Spain during the Spanish Civil War and changed their names to obscure their noble heritage. Uh, Wikipedia here notes that uh, the surname Dante is Italian. Yeah. <laughs> not not uh, Spanish at all. Um, so he said uh, he was like doing some death matches in Chi- Thailand and China and uh, started advertising in comic books as the deadliest man alive. Deadliest man alive. You need to just mail order the, the world's deadliest fighting secrets in which he outlined the dance of death. Uh, and then you, if you do that, you become a Black Dragon Fighting Society membership. A member. Um, the Black Dragon... Oh, yeah, and then Wikipedia has a, um, a little disclaimer here that the Black Dragon Fighting Society has no connection and should not be confused with the Japanese Black Dragon Society, an ultra-nationalist secret society during the 1930s and 40s. No, don't confuse uh, those. Don't, <laughs> never confuse those. Um, but at one point, I, don't, I didn't write this down, I wrote it down, but he went to another dojo, like a rival dojo, and they got in a fight and, like, a bunch of people died as a result. Oh, no. So he was pretty, like, you know, like, I think he seemed to believe that what he was doing was, you know, he was actually the deadliest man alive. Well, clearly he was some, somewhat deadly. Yeah, that's true. Um, but in the 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 ad in the comics, um, he does talk about, uh, I think he talks about murderous uh, fingertip pressure using his murderous poison hand weapons. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, that this was in the 60s, I think it was. So it seems like that was kind of the genesis for a lot of this. Uh, you know, and I guess that's probably when when martial arts were starting to make it into uh, outside of Asia and into, you know, America and, and other countries. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, you can see why it's probably right for that. That comic book world starting up, people like him are thinking, oh, I can, I can you know, I know a little bit of martial arts. I can pretend to be a dragon. People can send off their dime and I'll send them a little packet. Would you, all right, Cam, you're a, you're eight years old. Mm-hmm. It's the 60s. You're still Cam, though. Yeah. And you're I'll reading back your in comic time. book. Uh, yeah, you know, you just like, you're, you're, makes sense that you're there. This is just a normal. Do I, ha- do I have you. knowledge from my adult life? No, not at all. And I have no knowledge of the year 2022. <laughs> No, no. So let's you let's can't. say that I let's say that eight year old Cam was instead of being in the nineties, in fact, in the sixties. Yes, one hundred percent. And you saw an ad in a comic book that was either yeah. for is this is this Marvel or DC? DC at the time. Okay. Uh, oh, and I, I and I and I see an ad for the little things that you put water in the water, the little sea monkeys. Sea monkeys. You got a sea monkey yeah. ad. You got an ad for. You've got an ad for X-ray specs, mm-hmm. so you can see people in their underwear, or Ooh. or you've got an ad for Deadliest Man Alive, and you can be well, I'm not a gonna, secret dragon fighter. I'm not going to send off for sea monkeys, because I think, uh, weren't the sea monkey people white supremacists? You don't know that at the time. No, I don't, I don't have they? information. I think that there, yeah, there's, something, there's something sus. Not to, and that's not just like a... Uh, <laughs> was it, oh, the Robert Eggers is giving white supremacist with his Viking movie. This is, I think, there was an actual Nazi aspect to the Sea Monkeys Enterprise. Oh, of course, there was. Uh, um, X-ray specs, no. No, that's uh, you no. Know, even as an eight-year-old, I'm going to respect women. Also, as an eight-year-old, I have no interest in women. That's true. 
I like how you, you avoided cancelling your hypothetical <laughs> 60s eight-year-old self. Yeah. Uh, well no thanks. You can keep your girl germs. Thank you. I will take the deadliest man alive lessons. Yeah, I absolutely would have done that. My I want to learn the deadly re- dance of death. My brother, for some reason, tricked me as well with this, this era when you, this would have been appealing to me. Um, he had some sort of nunchucks, nunchuku, nunchucks. Yeah. I don't, I, they must have been clumsily made. I just remember seeing them as a kid. And he's like, I made them. I'm like, well, okay, cool, make me some. He's like, I can't. I can only make them in secret when no one's around. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well, I'll go, and then you can make them. He never did it. And I've never worked out where he got them from. Was it, were they homemade? Was this perhaps a, um, you know, poorly supervised woodwork class or something? No, I think it would have been local street kids, as in local kids on our street. Yeah. You know, we, we had, a, I remember that street, there was a the lot hard of- hard streets of Westport. Or there was just like maybe a dozen kids between the ages of like eight and 15 and no one had video games then. Yeah. So, you know. There's going to be some jokes going down. They had sticks, so it was yeah, going to happen. Yeah. Um, hey, do you want to hear about uh, ducks? I didn't write it right. It's first. Oh, hey, let, let me just. Um, speaking of deadliest deadly dancers, Robbo, I did oh, yeah. see in one uh, montage of uh, these guys, these fake martial arts guys, there was a deadly dance dude, but he like had a combination of dancing, one of which was like a deadly river dance. So he's in like a dojo <laughs> fighting a guy and the guy's like coming at him with karate and he's coming at him with river dance and just knocking him down. <laughs> and he, the whole thing with river dance is they don't move their arms. Is he flicking? He's, he's flicking his he doing, oh. <laughs> oh, So Michael Flatley might have been a spy this whole time. He might have been. Fuck, I knew it. I knew there was more to Flatley than what we saw. <laughs> Hidden depths. <laughs> um, fuck, I wish I had a scene there. I'm going to have to look that up later on. I think about Riverdance quite a bit. Uh, it's a fun phenomenon. I think I got high once and watched a bunch. Mm. We, I, my, I, my, I think my grandmother had a, a VHS of it. Oh, yeah, in the mid-90s. Every now and then. Yeah, in the mid-90s, there was like a huge huge push for like grandmas and baby boomers and, and people of, you know, certain ages, we just fucking, this is great. This is entertainment. Mm. Uh, and then there was like spinoffs and tours and all sorts. Um, speaking of uh, things. That- it's, isn't that weird though, that that generation now are like just on Twitter <laughs> being, having their brains cooked. <laughs> not all like, not not those They're same people. Pe- like like people who were our grandmother's age in the in the nineties. Now they're on oh, Telegram, getting their brains cooked. They like they, they're contemporaries. They're modern contemporaries. You are you saying we need to bring back we need to bring back flatly? Yeah. To stop people getting cooked. I feel yeah. I feel like as soon as Flatley was off the scene, that's when QAnon took off. Uh, no way. What about um, Andre Rieu, the 2010 mm. Flatley? Yeah, this is true. Maybe well, he's no, kind of dropped off as well. Yeah, he has dropped off, and I don't. I'm not sure if Andre Rieu had the power of a Flatley. 
Oh no, Andre <laughs> Andre Rio definitely had the power of a flat lead. Although I think Andre Rio appealed to an older generation, but he didn't pick up the fifties to sixties. Mm. He was sixty five plus. Yeah, so I think flatly because you you get a line of a line of rhythmic tap dancing, and you get you can't help but get swept up no matter what your mm. age. And you it keeps you from turning out a fox. Yeah, you get a bit of a, a dude, you know, fucking around on a violin with a silly look yeah. on his face. You got to be sixty five and up to enjoy that. All right, yeah, and no, by, bring the, back by the time by the time Andre Ruiz can get his hooks in you, like half of the country's lost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he's a slow burn. So, yeah, I want to talk about Dukes. I can't. I didn't write down his first name. Uh, but he's the guy that Bloodsport's based on. Okay. Have you watched Bloodsport? Uh, like when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, holds up. I watched it not too long ago. It rules. Um, but so he basically is this fake martial arts guy that said he, uh, in the 80s, he went to a secret fighting thing in, mm, I'm not sure where, South America somewhere, or maybe Thailand, I don't know, somewhere, um, a secret fight to the death, which is what Bloodsport is. Yeah. And, or, you know, sorry, a secret fighting tournament. You've got to go through the, the things. And he won it. He was the first white person to win it. And as a result, he was the first person to allowed to be allowed to talk about it. Um, and so that's then, I think, in the, at the time, they thought Bloodsport was based on a true story. Yeah. Maybe in this movie they say that at some point, like in the end or the start. Anyway, and he made, he's made a lot of other claims. Um, you know, he worked for the CIA. He keeps on saying he worked for the CIA, and they keep saying no. Yeah. No, I definitely worked, and I was, I was recruited by the director. Do they confirm like, or deny? We can't confirm or deny, or do they just deny? They just deny. Um, well, but yeah, but that's, say, good, that's a good sign that he didn't work for the CIA, I think. Or is that a good sign yeah. that he did? Yeah, that's probably the best. Isn't Wouldn't, wouldn't they deny? That was um, Mr. Nice's defense. I can't remember that guy's real name, but he's a big drug smuggler in the 70s and 80s. And he got caught smuggling shitloads of, of weed or hash and over a long period of time. And it's being done in America. And he's like, oh, I'm actually an agent for the CIA. Get them in here if you want. But they're not going to agree because I'm so covert. Mm. And it worked. Like they, he put enough doubt in their mind that he, he got off a whole bunch of charges. He did end up in a lot of jails for a lot of time. But anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, so he, I feel like if just before you move on. If your argument is I'm so covert that they will never say that I'm in the CIA, I would say you're not very covert if you're telling me this. Yeah, if you, yeah I guess if you were that covert in the CIA, you had to just go to a, norm, a normie jail. Mm. You'd be like, all right, cool, just send me to normie jail. And then on the way, you'd ring up your handlers and be like, hey, can you get me out of here? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, of yeah. course, you're a CIA Don't guy. send me to CIA jail. Wait, no. Yeah. <laughs> just let me out. Um. So then he so he's pretty widely discredited, but it was still going on, going on, this guy. And with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, he was the co-author of the 1996 film The Quest. This is from Wikipedia. Um, so they made this film together, him and Van Damme, and then he sued Van Damme after the film's release for breach of contract on the grounds the finished film was too similar to the manuscript Enter the New Dragon, which the two had also written. So he wrote a film... Into the New Dragon with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mm. Then later on, they wrote another film called The Quest, uh, 
the film came out. He sued Van Damme and said, these movies are too similar. Yeah. That's that's partly on you. Yeah, you you got to take a little bit of the blame for that. Um, anyway, he that didn't that wasn't a successful suing um, because he had a, audio tapes uh, of this of an agreement with Van Damme that were destroyed in an earthquake, uh, so he couldn't present the evidence. I hate with that. Um, another, yeah, another. Uh, this is the best one. So the the tournament, the blood sport tournament, was the Kumite, uh, and when he won the Kumite. This guy was presented with a sword, but he hasn't got the sword anymore because uh, he sold it. No, no. Uh, This is more noble than than just an earthquake, Cam. He sold it in a failed attempt to buy the freedom of a boat of orphans whom he later rescued from pirates. Aw. So there you go. Just use the sword to free the the orphans. Yeah. Rather Rather than try to barter for them. Yeah. With a sword. Of course um, the sword might be. I mean, it wasn't a good bartering. Oh, no, he sold it in an attempt to buy the freedom. Yeah. Yeah, right. But then he ended up having to fight the pirates anyway. Yeah. Should have just done that in, in the first time. Yeah, and you would have had a sword. It would have been significantly easier. Yeah, and then you could prove that you were actually a secret fighting champion. Okay. Uh, have, you, have, you, have you got any other of these guys, Robbo? Yeah, I've got one more that I just want to touch on briefly. And there, look, there are a lot of these... You can look up fake martial arts. Um, other than the one I mentioned earlier, uh, which I've just deleted off my, my sheet there, there's another uh, YouTube channel called McDojo that, that details a lot of these as well, and that's that's quite an interesting watch. Um, but this one, uh, this guy, James Heydrich, he was doing a lot of um, moving paper with his mind and moving cutlery and stuff with his mind. And one, um, he went on the James Randi show, the famous debunker, and he kind of got around that by saying the studio lights interfered with his chi or whatever. But then another guy figured out how this guy was moving the paper because one of his tricks was he would have a book open and the pages would turn. And this guy figured out that he was just using his uh, breath to blow on the pages. <laughs> and they would turn. And But he was, you know, he was really good at hiding what he was doing. And this guy figured yep. it out and managed to work out and do it. And so he said to invite uh James Heydrich on the show, on this television show, said, hey, you should show me how to do it. And so James showed him. He's like, you're not going to be able to do it. And the guy did it. And James is like, his reaction is like, what? <laughs> How's this guy doing it? <laughs> um, a bit of a tr- – uh, he uh, also um, – he was convicted – oh, yeah, so a bit of a bad dude as well, other than the, the blowing on t- paper and falling people. Uh, he was convicted uh, for kidnapping and torture. Um, he escaped oh three God. times. Uh, allegedly kicking through a concrete wall in a jail. Uh, he broke through gates of a South Carolina prison and finally pole vaulted over a fence in a state prison, which all seems like things he would make up. Yeah. But, but also don't mention to people not, that you're in jail for kidnapping. Yeah. But like these are things that he would make up, but he's not in the prison anymore. So how did he get out? Yeah. That's true. You got me there. Um, he was also sentenced for a shitload of worse things because he was an awful, awful person. Uh, if you really want to find out what that is, James Heydrich on uh, Wikipedia. Um, but yeah, that was that was an interesting one. Uh, the final thing, Cam. Yes. So you know how people, there's that running joke of, well, this is my final thing. I don't know if you've got anything else. Uh, no, all, I, all I've got is I saw a video of a guy like smashing bricks and yeah. 
the TV host like went to do a, a like a joke one, like oh, I'll just yeah. pretend to do this one, and then you do it for real. But because they were fake bricks, his hand just went right through it. You're like, whoops! <laughs> that was my final one. Um, and yeah, we can't. I don't think I can overstate how many of these there are. Um, there's also a whole thing with Steven Seagal. Uh, lots of other podcasts and YouTubes have explained that over the years. So so look up Steven Seagal as well. He's one of the pioneers or one of the most famous fakeries. Um, but you know how people say um, you need to have your feet and hands registered as deadly weapons? Deadly weapons, yeah. Yeah, you know, oh, my hand, my feet are registered as deadly weapons. Uh, apparently it's true. If you're in Guam oh. and if oh. you're a, a karate or judo expert or equivalent, uh, this is, I can't remember the exact citation, and I cross-reference this through many Guam legislature things, because everyone said, oh, this is actually true. Oh, my God. And then I, I the one they were citing was like, oh, that doesn't – it's just like a, a law wiki where people can upload anything. Mm. But no, I managed to, to find kind of original documents on the, the Guam legal and tax stuff um, and the 62100, and I think it's under like the health and safety overview. Um, I think it's number 10 or 11 on the Guam list of legislature. Um, 62100, 62100, and 62102 – uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, registration required. Any person who is an expert in the art of karate or judo or any similar physical are in which the hands and feet are used as deadly weapons is re- required to register with the Department of Revenue and Taxation. So you say you're a, you're a Guam and you're a karate expert or even, oh, you know, you have to be an expert. You need to pay tax on your hands. Yep. <laughs> so it's just a tax thing, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, well, another one. Um, <laughs> yep. uh, the final one the, on the McDojo Life channel, there was a, one of a, an old guy swinging a sword. You know how they do the, the sword grab thing where people swing a sword and they catch it? Yeah. Uh, Mythbusters did an episode about this. Uh, there was a guy that claimed he could do that, but he's like, at this point, he's super old, like in his 80s, and he's got another super old guy swinging a sword at him, and he's like, catching it and then like flipping the guy around the room but like because they're 80 they're just kind of kind of awkwardly stumbling together very slowly <laughs> oh it's really quite sad so robert did you have like a, these guys that would um like these tai chi guys who are like throwing people around the room with their minds and then stepping into the ring with an mma guy did you have like a theory on what was going on there I don't think so. Uh, I think they, there's like a, there's a lot of debate. Like, do these guys believe their own shit? Yeah, I think so. What do you think? And I, I yeah, I think I don't know. Unless there's like some cultural thing we're missing, I think that yeah, maybe there's like weird dynamics when you're a like Tai Chi master <laughs> and you've got students. Like, I don't I don't know if you're supposed to like bash up the master, <laughs> so you've probably got to go Ooh. along with some shit. But yeah, like, but. If you didn't believe it, why would you step into the ring with a proper fighter guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why would you... Because getting punched in the face, no one really wants that. No. And the, the first YouTube... The YouTuber I mentioned, uh, Rewind, I can't remember his name. He, I think he's a, a fighter. He's done martial arts before. And he kind of talks about when you... you know, A big part of it is getting lear- like learning to be punched in the face. Mm. because getting punched in the face sucks and yeah. it's quite discom- discombobulating for most people. In and a bunch of the slow down footage. Sorry, go on. 
yeah, slow down footage of one of these guys getting punched in the face and being really confused and not knowing really how to react and come back from that. And he said, this is, you can see, or as theories, you can see this is what it looks like for someone that's never actually been punched in the face before and is just kind of realizing that, oh, shit, I'm, this is a bad situation I'm in. Yeah, I saw a bunch uh, of these where it seemed like they hadn't been uh, fought properly for a while. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, don't, I think they, they do believe their own... It's like, it's mass psychosis, right? Hmm. You just kind of end up believing your, your, your thing and then you know, enough people go along with it that you just think, oh, I must be doing it. Oh, dear. Oh, well. Well, that's fake martial arts, guys, Robbo. Yeah, um, I can't overstate. I know this. I've said this a couple of times already. Look up some on YouTube. It's a lot of fun. Uh, if people want to find us, we are on Twitter at Hypothepod. Yep. Uh, we are on Patreon. Thank you to Tammy, our quick thirty-three dollars sponsor. Uh, Robo, where can they get you? Behind the bar. Can get me. Yeah, behind the bar, uh, Ten Linter Street, Westport, New Zealand. Uh, Shortjaw.co.nz. If you're in New Zealand. Uh, you can order beer and merch from our website. Excuse me. Uh, if you're in Australia you want some merch and want to pay an exorbitant amount of shipping, um, do that too. Yeah, we've got good merch. Sold a hoodie and two T-shirts today. Uh, you can find Salty at Saltmarsh on Twitter and the Salt on Twitch. Even though he doesn't show up, we still plug him. Yeah. Uh, good and you people. can be at... At Sex and Homer on Twitter, uh, Yena Passaran is my radio show about the far right on 3CR, which you can also find wherever you get your pods. And uh, my other podcast, Gather Around Me, is sort of back up and running. And that is the plan for Hypothepod 2, is to uh, yeah get back into the swing of things but- now that Robbo's settled down. He's finished uh, draining all of the old beer into the dra- into the sewers of Westport, and he's making his own new ones. We'll get back into yes. it. The Yes. Yeah, I look, Cam. I, I will admit, I may I took some time to watch a little bit of Alex Jones this week, so I feel like I'm turning a corner back into ready to dive in headfirst into some, some cookers. All right. Uh, so maybe we well, can do some news news next time. Yes, next time. All right, everyone. All right. Bye. Bye. Don't worry about a thing. Whether or not Port Arthur was a false flag operation in which to disarm Australia I said don't worry about a thing I accept You can definitely hear John Lennon say I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields forever Don't worry about a thing Except not only did Bush do 9-11 but he also keeps the planes out in Area 51 which... Let's not forget where all the aliens are. Don't worry about a thing. Except Donald Trump is clearly a woman and you're just blind if you can't see them. Why don't you open your eyes?